From Chicago to Portland, the indie artist and songwriter Kingsley has built a community through her authenticity and art. Hailing from the South Side and now with a defining voice in Portland's fierce female-led underground music scene, she's a dedicated performer, a beauty and wellness entrepreneur, and an artist who truly embodies the spirit of independence and creativity. Today, we're going to explore Kingsley's musical voyage from her early days forming a family band named Hartfield, inspired by the likes of the Jackson 5, to her latest album, Crying on Holidays, which is streaming on all platforms. We'll delve into how her experiences during college her time working behind the scenes in the music industry and her transformation during the pandemic have shaped her as an artist and an entrepreneur. Let's go inside the indie rise of Kingsley. I'm Val The Voice Johnson, and this is the Interludes Podcast. The Interludes Podcast. A Peer Lighthouse production. This episode is brought to you by A DJ Saved My Life, the latest upcoming book by Val The Voice Johnson. To experience a preview of the book, please visit our website today. And now, all the way from the south side of Chicago, give it up for your host, Val The Voice Johnson. Hey guys, it's another edition of the Interludes Podcast. I am honored to have a musician and singer native of Chicago. I'm always excited to bring on anyone that's from the shy. Uh, independent artists and doing great things on the West Coast via Portland. Ladies and gentlemen, Kingsley, how you doing, Hi. girl? Happy Monday. <laughs> I feel really good. I'm excited. Wonderful, wonderful. I'm, I'm sitting here going, this is wonderful. You have someone that is singing and doing her thing in Portland, Oregon. And growing up here in Chicago, how did the rich music heritage, particularly in house music, influence your interest in music? Yeah, I had a very uh, strict upbringing. So I was allowed to listen to gospel, house, or Disney with no restrictions. Like no no one um, telling me what I could and couldn't. So um it, it's very liberating to listen to house now because I, there was, there was no parent telling me what I could and couldn't do. Um, and it definitely inspired me, um, to just be more playful with music because house is uh, all creation and it's all playful and, and just to enjoy the simplicity of words and the chaos of music. Yeah. Do you have any favorite tracks or favorite songs from that time that you love that was either house or gospel? Um, gosh, well, gospel, I'm a big Kurt Franklin. I love revolutionized gospel music, um, mm -hmm. for sure. Um, and if I'm ever having a bad day, definitely smile by Kurt Franklin is my very go-to. That's just beautiful. Um, house music. I don't know. Uh, Farley would be, yeah, would be probably one of my favorites. Yeah. 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 Cause yeah. they, they have definitely have diversified. And like I say, I feel like house music 
now it's identified as electronic EDM. They even now have a, a what do you call that? A Grammy entry. Like that's a that's a category now with the Grammys that wasn't like that years and years ago. Um, now going back with your family dynamic, being the third eldest <laughs> of eight siblings, can you share how your family environment contributed to your music journey, especially? with your early family band, Hartfield. <laughs> Yay, you had a band. <laughs> we thought we were going to be like the Jackson 5. We thought we were going to be the Lincoln 3. Um, yeah, man, we were not ready to practice. I think that was the main issue. Um, the world wasn't ready for us, and we weren't ready to practice, you know? <laughs> um but it was really cool. I got to, my sister has such a beautiful ear and she can play any instrument in it. I mean, the jealousy of rivals, it made me want to play every instrument, um, but I don't have the ear like her. So I had to like really try um, and really figure things out. And I, I, I think jealousy is such a beautiful thing. It tells you what you want in life, exactly what you want. Um, and so to hustle towards that was me being like, okay, if my sister can do this, I'm going to do this. Um, and that led to me and my sister starting the band, which led to the band breaking up, which led to me and my sister, um, my oldest sister, putting a song together where I became Kingsley and I played piano. She did the harps. My little brother rapped on it. My uncle mixed it because he owns a record label and was like, this is actually really good. Let's put this on iTunes for you guys in 2011. <laughs> and I just told my parents, I'm like, I'm moving to L.A. when I turn 18 and I'm going to be a star. And my mom was like, LOL, you're going to college for music. If you really want to do it, go to college for music. So my parents obviously won. I went to college for music um, <laughs> and, and just learned a lot about uh, the craft, the craft of music. It's, it's such a beautiful language in itself. And yeah, I'm very, very thankful for every moment that's gotten me to here. Yeah. And and speaking of college, you chose to study, I think, vocal performance and business administration. And how do these two fields kind of complement each other as your career as an artist and entrepreneur? Um, I think everything that I did in life, I didn't know the effect that it would have on me later. I just kind of whatever feels good, I do it. And it just so happens that this was, you know, divine, divine alignment. And so when I transferred schools, because I was a music educator at first, and I spent oh. a day in a seventh grade band and the headache that I had afterwards, I was like, this is not for me. This was fun. <laughs> this is not. Thank you, all the music teachers in the world, because I know I was a hassle. Um, and so when I transferred schools and I was no longer doing track and field, I had all this time on my hands. I put that in quotes. I was like, I'm bored. I'm going to get another major. <laughs> um, so I ended up getting, a, I double majored. And they told me it would take me seven years. Like the business program is a really hard program. I ended up doing it in three. It was the most insane three years of my life. Um, rushing to, to just get as much information as I can. But it was such a great, I, I got to be a, the mentor of the person who built our building, uh, Barsima Hall. Dennis Barsima ended up being my mentor and just oh. kind of guiding me through like, uh, like having someone affirm that even though I'm taking all of these crazy turns, it's it's gonna be okay. And that, that's a part of business and finding, like I didn't wear business suits to class like you're supposed to do. I didn't wear shoes during, you know, during the spring cause I'm, I'm barefoot, I'm, I'm earthing before I gotta go to class. That's what I like to do. Um, 
And so I was quite, quite, quite the student back then. But I taught a master class at my school a couple months ago and and just was just talking about the genius of like if there is nothing there for you, create it. And and you're in college. So just create it. And that goes in life, right? If there is nothing there, just make it. Make it. If there is no community for it, be the community for it. Um, and that's been one of the best things of just, that's how I ended up in Portland cultivating this beautiful community. Cause I didn't see it. So I was like, I'm going to make this, I want this. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> and how was it for you to, to return and teach a master's? Like, I feel like you coming back to a, your school and saying, okay, we're going to do this. Like, how did the students respond to you? And how did that feel to be like, yeah, this I'm working in this. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a musician. I'm a, I'm a recording yeah. artist. Yeah. How did um, that feel? So they, I did it in the business program and it went to anyone in the school. You didn't have to be specifically a music. So we have people from all different mm -hmm. colleges. Um, some that were in the master's program and a lot undergrad. And so when you're a business student, you have to get stamps on your passport. You have to get X amount a year. Um, so you have to go to these things. Like you go to a bunch of shows for music. You have to go to 12 shows a year. And so I only had one person when they first walked in says, where do I get my passport stamps? I said, honey, at the end, I was a student. I know this game. Sit down, stay. <laughs> like, um, So that was really funny. And uh, we finished it. And the person who invited me there was like, I have never seen this many students stay and wait. Usually they get their passport stamped and they're out. And I had so many people stay and ask questions. And it was just so beautiful to just remind them like, this isn't all for nothing. And the most important thing you can get out of college is connection right now. That's the most important thing. It's not about a degree. That piece of paper means absolutely nothing. I, I Nobody looks at me and is like, you look like you've got two degrees. I can connect with any person because I learned that in college. I can deeply connect. And I just wanted to remind them, like, it's not about the engineering degree. It's not about staying up in the lab all night to get an A. It's about these moments right here where you meet someone that ha has an interest that's similar to you, or you can align to just start moving together. Wow. And, and, and I know that's probably informed the music that's been coming out of you as well. Just your <laughs> connection. I, it, it has to have had. And here's the thing. You've been, I feel like you've been a significant part of Portland's underground music scene. How would you describe the impact of this community on your artistic growth? Um, Portland. I have so much love for Portland. It is such a beautiful space to incubate, to grow, mm. to make a lot of musical mistakes. It is also a really small community. So if you are talented and you have a big mouth like me, you will move through very quickly. Um, so I got opportunities that I would have never gotten had I been in Chicago and it's such a saturated place. Like I've gotten to open up for people at sold out shows that like, I'm like, you know who could do it? Kingsley, call Kingsley type of a thing. Um, to be in Portland seven years later and like be able to put on a show where I'm headlining and the ticket sales are at this price and I don't, you know, nobody's asking me for guest lists like they used to because they know I don't play that. I'm like, pay your money. Um, it's just really, it's really fruitful. And like, I've gotten to open up for people that I had, I'm going to say no business opening up for people because I was not, I was nowhere near ready to play a sold out show for an artist that was, you know, that ended up needing tour support in Portland, or even like I played for them in Portland and then they invited me to Seattle, like these moments um, that I'm like blown away. And I, I think Portland, people give a lot of flack to Portland because it's not LA and it's not New York, but if you aren't a new, starting out artist, and you want to learn the beginning stages of music business. This is not entertainment industry. I'm talking about music business. Go to Portland. Go to Portland. Play the shows. 
uh, they love local, they love supporting, and everyone in Portland, I don't care if they're transplants, everyone who comes to Portland wants to be a part of your journey. That's why people go to Portland. They love the local journey. And so I'm very lucky that I I ended up going there. I don't even know how I ended up in Portland because I was trying to go to LA, if you remember. Yeah, I remember you saying that, yeah. I have not made it to LA. Um, I ended up going to Portland with my ex and it, again, the universe, the divine universe was one of the best things that could have happened to me to like get to be this version of who I am right now. Right. And, and it, this, here's the thing, the version that you are right now, are you happy with her? Are you guys <laughs> celebrating together? What's happening with that? We are, we are really, we are really happy. Um, but we know we have work to do. And okay. so I love who I am and I love myself. I am really thankful for every moment that has led me to now, but I no longer want to hold a tribute to the past versions of myself. And I think I, I hold so much space for like, well, that thing was really messed up. So you're allowed to do this thing today, or this made you feel this way. So you're allowed to do this. And I, I I no longer want to do that. I can get, I can produce happiness by myself just by smiling. I want to make sure that I, in the same way of me producing my own happiness, I still don't allow other people to take away from my happiness. And that's the hardest part. That's where I'm working right now. Yeah, that's that's uh, many of us are working in that arena where we're fighting for your happiness and it doesn't, my happiness does not depend on what's happening with you. Like, no, we can, yeah. it should not be that way. So even us mature girls have got to relearn <laughs> that that lesson over and over yeah. again. Like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm and I'm home and I was just I dropped my little sister off today. They had a Super Bowl party and yeah. she got frustrated for something, ended up going to her room, but her friends were downstairs. And I was like, we got to we got to start working on emotional intelligence that if you're frustrated, I'm glad that you left. But your friends are here, you, mm-hmm. you know, so we got to start if it's take the deep breath. Right. And, and, and I'm proud of you for getting up and leaving. But in that situation, that's not that. So like it's and I can see all of the things that I didn't learn as a kid that they have not learned that I'm like, you know, all of these steps in these moments that I'm just now getting to emotional intelligence where I could be like, Hey, that hurt my feelings because, and this is what I want forward. Right. That's really hard for, for any person. So yeah, I think coming home was a pretty, I was mad at first. Cause I, I don't love being home. Um, I love my family. I just don't, you know, don't love being home and it's cold in Chicago. Of course. So I think the work that I thought I was done with, um, was just the scratch surface, you know, that I came back home and I was like, oh, okay, wait a second. Um, there's, there's more, there's, it's deeper. And, and there's a lot of hard conversations that I've gotten to have with my mom and with my dad that I'm like, okay, I didn't know I needed this. I didn't know there was still these, these little silent wounds that were moving through me because I'm happy every day, you know? Yeah. 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 And I think that definitely, I think it helps when we're able to kind of identify and have emotional intelligence about things that have hurt us. I like how you said little wounds. Like that's, that's something that I I thought about and had to process through with uh, the passing of my, my mom and then kind of working through grief recovery and all the rest of that type of stuff. But it's always great to be able to work out these feelings and emotions, especially when you're the people that, that you love are around and they're here. So we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Newsflash. Val the Voice Johnson is currently one of the lead moderators on the platform, the House of Creativity on Clubhouse. 
She can be heard leading the THOC news team with Latino wellness and entertainment news that you can use to peruse your daily life. Join us every Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern in the House of Creativity. Become a member of the House of Creativity on Clubhouse today. And now... Back to our show, Crying on the Holidays album. I want you to talk to me about that. It was a significant release. Could you share the inspiration behind the album and its title? Because I think I got a little bit of it because you said you were a little sad when you first moved away. But what 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 did that mean to put something like that together, that album? Yeah. Oh, man, Crying on Holidays uh, was attributed to my ex. It was my first heartbreak ever. I waited to fall in love late. Um, I waited until I was 26 and um, it was the first time I said I love you and first time I was like we moved in together like this was gonna be it this was supposed to be the move um, and we I would be arguing with my ex and in my head I could hear the melody line <laughs> I'm like oh I'm gonna write go. this I'm gonna write about this <laughs> we're done arguing. I gotta <laughs> run out to my car and write this real quick um, and so every holiday we would just fight about something. It didn't really matter. And holidays are really hard for me because I am close with my family. I have seven siblings. Like we have a lot of traditions. And so not being able to afford to go home and being with this person that like, we're we're kind of in love and we're figuring it out. Um, but he doesn't care for traditions and I care for traditions and I'm, you know, bending my, bending what I actually want in life for love. I was crying talking to my mom. And she was like, you need to write this album called Crying on Holidays because you are not the only person who is spending a holiday crying. You need to write yes. this. And so I did. I wrote Crying on Holidays and um, it's a start to finish album. It's to be played in order. It's, it's no skips. And it will just walk you through what ex acceptance, uh, breaking, bending, molding and healing a relationship looks like. And I joke with people, I'm like, it's the good, it's the bad, and it's the ugly crier. <laughs> That's what that record is. And it's therapeutic. Crying <laughs> yeah. is healing. Crying is healing. So I, girl, and your mom came up with the idea, like, you need to write this. I, man, I love mamas. I love moms, especially. You need to write about this. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. People probably I, are crying. <laughs> <laughs> now, unfortunately, I think COVID-19 affected a lot of us. And how did the pandemic, unfortunately, affect your career like what strategies did you use to rebuild your brand from a local indie artist to now going international um i don't i don't i, I was very lucky in COVID. I, I was very fortunate um you know COVID got me to sit down with myself so when you don't have any any shows right when you when you don't have to go to an audience to get love you got to figure it out and so right before COVID happened, um, this was the end of February, I was in Vegas doing a thing with Sony and I totally tanked it. I had a panic attack right before I go on stage because it was high stakes, full blown panic attack. The A&R person that was supposed to be there for me was texting the whole time. One of the artists who was performing, the headliner who's performing after me came into the middle of my set with girls on chains and is looking around. So everyone's looking at him, but I'm, it was so horrible. It was so, I mean, I qu went crawling up to the hotel room and just like fetal position and never wanted to come out. So after that, I drove to LA where my best friend lives. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. I'm just going to sit here depressed. And she was like, girl, you got to get home, which was great because the day that I flew back, the next day was COVID. So I ended up being back. 
And I kind of just sat for a second and I'm like, this was the worst experience of my life and I never want to experience this again. So how can I fix this? The world has stopped. You you literally have time. So how can mm -hmm. I fix this? And really it was figuring out why I want outside validation. What being signed or not signed, how would my life look? Um, what is the actual point of happiness? Why did I create Kingsley? Like, why did I create this? Um, and uh, you've gone to therapy for your partner, but have you gone to therapy about yourself? Like every time you're in the room, you talk about your partner and how you could be better. To, but like, what about yourself? Exactly. You know, you grew up in a bunch of white spaces. Like, let's 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 dive into accepting who you really are. And so I was fortunate. I came out of it as this version. I made this new record. I sold all my stuff. I was in Europe for six months after that. I got to record at Abbey Road. So I would say Ooh. COVID was one of the best things that could have happened to me to sit my butt down and get back to source. Yeah, because I, I feel like this. Everything happens for a reason and everything happens for your good. I'm thinking I've heard that. And why, why is that so uh, why is that so important when to know that? And so that helped grow you as a artist that helped grow you and to go uh, Abby Rowe, that's huge. <laughs> it was fun. It was People very fun. dream of doing <laughs> what you have done, girl. Anyway, <laughs> uh, here's another question. You've created an engaged community through embracing authenticity. What advice would you give up and coming artists looking to forge a genuine connection with their audience? Yeah, I so I've coached a lot of artists, uh, the mm -hmm. stage presence. Um, yeah. And one of the girls that I was coaching, who's just fantastic. She was like, I'm afraid I'm going to look stupid when I do that. And I'm like, so what if you do? So what if you do? Mm -hmm. You won't, but so what if you do? I think the how I've built such an authentic audience is like, I am just going to be me. If it's stupid to someone, if it's silly to someone, if it's deeply connecting to someone, it doesn't really matter. It's going to be whatever to them. As long as I am doing me, it's going to be whatever. I cannot control what they think about Kingsley. Some people love the purple hair. Some people think it's over the top. Some people love that I do pop music. Some people think I talk too much during my sets. I talk a lot. I know that. They give me 45 minutes. Um, so I think to build like the most authentic thing is like, don't be afraid to be seen trying and don't be afraid to look stupid. I've had a misfunction with my thing where my top totally came off that was that would have been embarrassing that would have sent someone running i'm like well i got one more song i'm not gonna get off stage now so if you want to take your tops off ladies take your tops off too we'll be in solidarity together and it was amazing it was fun and there were bras flying everyone and people were like i didn't know what you were gonna do next but this was incredible yeah whatever um even usher yesterday at the super bowl if you really watch him skating he tripped a couple times and it's it's great it's usher Mm -hmm. Who cares? He's on skate at the freaking Super Bowl. Like, right. so yeah. for people getting started, have a good time. It's going to be mistakes. It's going to be embarrassing sometimes, but you're doing something that people dream of doing. People want to be on stage. Of so course. So have just grace. Yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. If you could go back and give advice to your younger Kingsley, just starting out in the music industry, what would you tell her? Gosh, <laughs> what would I tell myself just getting started? Leave that man. No, I'm just kidding. Um, 
No, I wouldn't say that to me. I would say probably. I can't say keep going because that's silly. It's silly. I think I spent so much time trying to be this version of Kingsley. So when I first created Kingsley, I was in sixth grade. And it was because my mom said, you don't have to be your name. You could be whatever you want to be. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to pick something else. And so I had this uh, this Amazon wig and, you know, this little pop star outfit. And I was doing the things that I thought people wanted me to do, right? So when I switched over to this, like, purple hair and this more regal self and, like, it was, it was because I was like trying to bridge the gap between who I am as a person and who this artistry was, because I kept taking my mask off after the shows and like slumping down back into the depression that I was. And then I get back on stage and I'd be this iconic person. And so if I were to say anything to my past self, it would be to get to this version uh, as quickly as you can hustle to her. Cause it's so enlightening and it's so beautiful to be all the things you dreamed of being at one time. Oh, amazing, amazing. And I, and and I I think unfortunately in our our community, especially African American community, it is not it is sometimes frowned upon to um, check in at, with your mental health. And it sounds like you have done a lot of work, a lot of emotional intelligence work on yourself. And so Ooh. I applaud Ooh. you. No, I'm serious. <laughs> I applaud you because it's you have to be in touch with who you are and, and definitely know how to take a break, when to step away, when to take a breather, when to embrace life, because the music industry, even in the independent side of things, can be rough. And so I am so encouraged by your journey and how you're getting getting things going. Now, I think you're working on a third studio album. Is this what you're I working am. on? Yeah, Ooh. we're four, four songs in, four more to go. We're, we're cranking through. What what themes or messages can listeners expect from this masterpiece from Kingsley? Yeah, it's called it's called Come and Find Me. And the title is itself that I am no longer bringing myself to where other people are. Like, if you want to be in my energy, if you want to be in my space, you got to come and meet me there right up here. I no longer I don't I no longer subscribe to below to below what I believe is worthy for myself. Um, And that's what I believe. So if you believe differently. You probably can't reach me. <laughs> um, but it, it truly is about just enjoying the, the, the fruits of life, um, as being unapologetic, celebrating blackness, like celebrating being these divine beings. Like we are truly the most, I'm speaking directly to black people, truly the most iconic people in the entire world, often imitated, never duplicated. And to just step into that, it doesn't really matter what you do. You will be the, the trend. You will be the moment. Um, and so just do it. If I wore all baggy sweatpants today with holes in the tops, it will be a trend tomorrow. You know, like it just is. And so this new record is like, I'm, I'm, I'm the pillager. I'm blazing ahead and everybody else can trail. Behind That's me. right. That's yeah. right. Kingsley is a trailblazer. And to, <laughs> and to do that, and to do that in on the West coast, not in LA but in Portland is significant oh my gosh and you got a show coming up in Portland by the way and it's happening in our celebrating Black History Month in February what what, what can we expect from that upcoming show yeah I'm doing a little tour run so I'm starting in Vancouver BC on Thursday February 22nd then I'll be in Seattle on Friday February 23rd and then ending in Portland it's called The Black or the Berry um, and 
it's just going to be really awesome. Some great poets. Um, one of my friends is playing bass while while her wife uh, reads poetry, and they're just an iconic couple in Portland. Um, it's going to be really fun and beautiful, and it's in this uh, the old church, which is just this building from 1882. It's actually where I first interned when I first moved to Portland. Um, and so to go back there as as Kingsley, not as this little intern, um, is going to be really, really, really just full circle. And I'm excited. I love that I can just be like, I'm doing a show on this day, show up and people show up. So that's really cool. It's a privilege. It's an honor. And I don't take it for granted. And 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 I'm telling you, and your song that you have out called My Love. Um, yeah. Like what can people where can people get that and where is it? How is it streaming? How can we get to it? Yeah, if you go to my website, IamKingsley.com, at the bottom will give you the links to go to, every, you know, like the Instagram, the TikTok. I don't know if I have Snapchat anymore. I can't remember what I do anymore. Um, <laughs> but, or just go to Apple Music and Spotify, type in My Love by Kingsley. Um, if you really want to do a solid, download it on Tidal because that's where artists get paid the most. Um, yeah, that's, that's the best one. Oh, yeah. that's good to know. Thank you, Jay-Z. All right. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a lot more. It's just a little. It's a, a little bit more. A little bit. Oh, my gosh. Kingsley, independent artist. Good to meet you and see you. Please go and support this phenomenal independent pop artist. And here's, I don't want to know, I don't know if I want to say pop artist, independent artist. I'm going to leave it right there. And uh, yeah, so thank you so much for joining me here on Interludes. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm Val the Voice Johnson, and this is the Interludes podcast. To learn more about Kingsley and her latest single, My Love, please follow her on Spotify. To watch a clip from the Kingsley interview, please visit the Interludes YouTube channel. Next time on the Interludes podcast. Great response from the audience. You know, it was really funny because you're in the audience with a lot of young filmmakers and they're putting their stuff out there and it's wonderful. I love that energy. Independent filmmaker and friend to the show, Wendell Moore on the next Interludes podcast. The Interludes podcast. Original concept by Valerie Johnson. Interludes Extra Talk on Tuesday sports segments produced by Tony Thompson. Original intro and outro music produced by Kendall Nesbitt. The Interludes Podcast, a pure Lighthouse production. This episode is brought to you by A DJ Save My Life, the latest upcoming ebook by Val the Voice Johnson. To experience a preview of the book, visit our website today. Ebook copies release March 5th. To subscribe to our YouTube channel or join Interludes Facebook group, visit the website linktree slash media. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Peer Light Media. <laughs> <laughs>